Welcome. How are you, man? I'm doing pretty good, man. How's things there? Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. That's good. Sorry, I'm late. Uh, no, man. You're three minutes early. You're always early. You're. Am I? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so did you uh, have a good day overall, or? It was interesting. Um, man, I got uh, I got selected to be in a book festival in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, I didn't, I, you know, I, I sent in all these things, uh, I've applied to all kinds of stuff and I kind of forget about it and nothing. I mean, I haven't heard from anything, but yeah, I heard about a book festival. So we'll see, I man, I might, might actually go to that. When is that for? In November. Man, Louisville is, uh, it's only like, I don't know, like maybe nine hours from here. That would be like an easy drive. Yeah. I could meet you want to go and pretend to be me? <laughs> I could pretend to be your agent. Oh, nice. <laughs> That'd be cool. Maybe you could come down and uh, eat some Louisville food. What is Louisville known for? Um, baseball bats and Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali, baseball bats. Um, Thomas Merton. Um, he was like What's a there? monk guy. Uh, monk guy. What else? It's, is there food? Like, what do they eat in Louisville? Uh, well, the Colonel was from there, uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken. No shit. Yeah, I went to his grave site there. Really? Yeah, no kidding. I, it's uh, There's this really cool strip in Louisville called Bardstown Road, and it's just a, a really long stretch of restaurants, and and the cemetery is right off of the road. And, um, yeah, the guy, um, the Colonel is buried there, so it's kind of interesting. Was he an actual military colonel? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if if he was or not. But like, I, I do know that uh, right up the road from me, he, he like in his last few years of life, he lived in Mississauga, Ontario, which is um, near here, like about forty minutes from from where I live. And um, uh, he lived in this little like suburban home for like years and years after. And so I don't know. He must have met a woman from up here, but. Or he's a yellow belly, yellow belly coward. Yeah, <laughs> draft dodger maybe. Draft yeah, dodger. I don't know. <laughs> the chicken wars don't run him off. Yeah, I don't know why right. I know that much about him, but <clears throat> I, mean, I I I do. Yeah, I know why. Yeah, because you, you're the kind of guy who knows what the fuck Colonel Sanders was up to in his waning years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How about you, man? You doing all right? Yeah, yeah. Things are pretty good here, man. Yeah, um, pretty uneventful day. So, um. Well, tell me about um, this guy, man, uh, Michael James Tapscott. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, so wel- uh, So I guess welcome in, folks, if you've been listening to that first little bit. Uh, welcome to the show. This is the Raised by Whoops Fake Radio Show. I'm Glenn. I'm here with Andrew. And um, yeah, man, I, I, I'm bringing another interview this week. Um, yeah, Mike, you said it, Michael James Tapscott, uh, and he lives uh, pretty close to you in... Uh, I think he says it on the episode, so I, I don't think I have to worry about doxing him or anything. But he lives in El Cerrito, uh, which is like kind of like, I guess, Berkeley almost, or pretty much. Um, yeah. Um, and Hilarious. Hilarious that you're doing that interview <laughs> from from Canada, <laughs> and I'm sitting here like an idiot. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, that's, uh, that's weird. Uh, yeah, he could almost, I guess... I don't know if people swim across the bay, but yeah, he could do that. Um, they do. Yeah. Uh, 
And yeah, man, he's just a, a musician. And I kind of, I knew of him. Uh, you know, I, I listened to a record he put out years ago in 2009, and then I kind of lost track of what he was doing. And I just read that he had a new album out earlier this year, and I listened to it and just kind of fell in love with the record. Um, it just really caught my attention. And the way I would kind of describe it is like, it, it's kind of like the music that I would, um, if if I could make music the way I wanted to make music, it would probably sound similar to this record. You know, it's, yeah, it's just, um, it's just singer-songwriter and, um, I mean, you know, I'll play some songs and so I won't get into it too much, but we had a really lovely talk, uh, had some laughs. Um, I think he's originally from the Chicago area, um, has a website if anybody wants to check it out, michaeljamestapscott.com. And, uh, yeah, I found like kind of a kindred spirit in a way, just, we, we got along real well and had a nice chat and, uh. I'm really happy to share his music. So, cool. Yeah. No, he seems. I checked out his website. He seems interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think he's like. I don't know if how active he is online. I, I I think he says in the episode that he's not terribly active on social media or, and, and whatnot. But um, but it's yeah, good for your health. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, and. I did also want to give a uh, shout out to uh, whoever listens in Belgium um, because uh, somebody listens in Belgium an awful lot, uh, like 15 or 20 hits a day. So they're either like really addicted to the program or they're stalking us or maybe it's a spammer or something, but like, I don't know. Do you have do you... a broken a broken computer somewhere in Belgium that just got stuck on our website somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I don't know what that is. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, I I don't know. I don't if I get any mail from Belgium, I'm probably not going to open it. Um Yeah. And if you are listening in Belgium and you're you you do have a, you know, like a thing against me or Andrew or something, just, you know, just chill out, man. Man, we didn't show yourself. Yeah, show yourself. Yeah, we didn't do anything. So just don't be like the colonel. <laughs> yeah, don't don't retreat to foreign land. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So yeah, just make a comment or give us a review at least if you're gonna if you're gonna you know uh, inhabit our website day in day out. Help us out somehow. I'll take the traffic. It's fine. Yeah. Listen, don't don't let Glenn intimidate you, okay, <laughs> Mister Mrs. Belgium robot person thing whatever you are however you identify it doesn't matter to me i'm glad you're on the website that's probably yeah that's, please, you're probably right it is a, a bot. Pl- please don't kill us but <laughs> welcome to rbwpod.com yes um and other than that man did you have anything to report or or, or add any uh any news or anything like that yeah no i mean there's um uh, you know a possible outing me and you going to louisville maybe later this year who knows yeah, yeah. um yeah, the book's doing okay. People are actually reviewing it, which is nice. That's good. Got al- almost 20 reviews out there. Yeah. And uh, a couple of from strangers, people who don't actually know me, which is quite nice. Yeah, things are things are good, man. Just trying to um to stay busy. I've been writing a bunch. Yeah. And there's uh there's shit on the horizon, so hopefully it's not actual shit. Cool, yeah. And and I just wanted to mention I I the last two episodes were great with your friend Brett and um 
and uh, uh, Dr. Jim. Um, a guy who has swam across the bay. Oh, he did? Yeah, he swam from Alcatraz to San Francisco and just with like a pair of Speedos and a, a cap and some uh, goggles. Well, like uh, he, what if a boat sees him or doesn't see him? I think there's there's people working that angle, keeping you safe while you're doing it. It's I don't think he was just out there on a solo mission, but okay, yeah, yeah, he was part of the Dolphin Club. He's an avid swimmer. Wow, you see how that all yeah. wraps around. Wow, that's really cool that he. Yeah, so that was a great episode. Uh, I'd like to thank Jim Thanks. myself for interviewing uh, you because I enjoyed that, and then uh, and I enjoyed Brett's show too. And <laughs> I just wanted to clear something up too that when you said that you were. You said that you were like throwing donuts at um, the people that yeah. were tubing to work or whatever. I, yeah. Like I, I kind of just thought I, I guess you were like feeding them breakfast, right? Kind of thing. The, the, so uh, Brett, the guy who was on the last episode. He, his brother, he and his brother are both like serial entrepreneurs. Man, they're always starting like little businesses and doing stuff. And his brother purchased a recreational tree climbing company, which is in fact a thing. And uh, he was advertising his company, you know, to come out and climb trees with him to the people, to the several hundred people who were floating down this little creek in Boulder. Yeah. And he had a huge bag of donut holes, you know, just like the little, whatever you call them, Timbits or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he was suspended over the the creek and was like throwing them to people. And people were like, he put, he, I saw a guy come by on a, uh, on a paddleboard, and he just shoved it in the guy's mouth. Oh wow! <laughs> As he floated <laughs> by, yeah. it was it was the most boulder shit you could possibly imagine. There, there, there is no more appropriate unless like a Birkenstock came to life and <laughs> and married a Subaru that had like a baby named uh, I don't know uh, Tom the hiker. I mean, it's, <laughs> it was like the most boulder shit you could imagine a guy in a recreational tree company suspended over a creek throwing donuts at hippies okay it was great yeah it was great yeah because i when you said that initially i didn't question you on it i just kind of took it at face value and i got thinking about it later and i thought like well were they trying to hurt the people that were tubing to work or like was it like and then you because you said they were wearing khakis and stuff so like they were dressed for a day at the office i mean some of them were some of them were like in you know float devices that were the shape of like pink unicorns you, you, you can't hurt those people yeah they're, they're too they're too happy they're too sanguine about their their lot in life right living in boulder and yeah you know it is a yeah, very uh, idyllic and picturesque town yeah it's it's lovely yeah i, I yeah. the only time i was there i went to a i did a tour of the uh have you ever heard of celestial seasonings yeah, the tea yeah. company. Yeah, tea, tea company. Yeah, this, like I, I, I like um, Tension Tamer and uh, Sleepy Time Tea from them, and I took a tour of the factory when I was in Boulder, and that's uh, that was kind of a neat experience, a unique experience. Yeah, you hear that celestial seasonings, unpaid, un, you know, unendorsed. We just, just are fans. Absolutely, yeah. Fans of yeah. two specific of your flavors. Yeah, yeah. Feel free to it, at least send Glenn a shirt, if not a box of tea. I'd love a shirt, yeah. And if Brett hears this, man, Brett, can you hook us up with a, an indoor, or an advertisement campaign with Celestial Seasonings? Like, I, I, I would advertise for them. Like, I, I'm not going to do, like, Athletic Greens or some crap like that. But, like, Celestial Seasonings, I will do. Okay. Yeah. And I think Brett would be the guy to do the uh, 
If we ever do commercials, I'll, I'll tap Brett to, to read them. Okay. He's got the perfect, he's the perfect guy for it. Okay. Um, all right. I, I don't want to. We've gone long. Yeah, we've gone long and I don't want to, I don't want to, uh, you know, push. I, I want to make sure this episode <laughs> focuses on Michael James Tapscott, a fantastic singer songwriter from the East Bay. Please go buy his stuff and, and his uh, records. He's a fantastic singer songwriter. Enjoy the conversation and we will talk to you all later on. Think I wanna find me a hard luck To be by my side all the rest of my days Someone who shares the big high dream The blue and the black and the gray that's in So, uh, so I'm here with uh, with Michael James Tapscott. Uh, Michael is a San Francisco Bay Area musician and songwriter. Uh, he has released music under his own name, as well as uh, Pacific Walker, uh, Odawas, uh, More Animals of the Arctic, Royal Geography Society, and China. Um, his most recent offering is entitled The Beasts of History, 
released under his own name in May of this year. Uh, you can find Michael's work on his Bandcamp page, the various streaming services, or by visiting his website, michaeljamestapscott.com. Um, thanks so much for doing this, Michael. I appreciate it and welcome. Um, so nice to be here. Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, thanks for hopping on. Um, so, so last month, um, um, I got a, uh, I, I subscribed to, um, a newsletter that's put out by, uh, the song, the Texas songwriter, Jerry David DeSica. Uh, you know him, right? Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Um, so, so yeah, I, I subscribed to his newsletter. Um, and you know, he, he, every, you know, two, three times a year, he'll, he'll release a newsletter and, and, and send it out and just talk about music he's releasing or, or whatever. And, uh, and sometimes he'll talk about albums he's been, he's been listening to. Um, and he mentioned, uh, your record, uh, from, from May of this year, the beast of history. Um, and so I was, you know, I was aware of your work prior to this. Um, I, I, I really mm-hmm. loved, um, the blue depths, uh, by Ottawa's that you released in 09. Um, but you know, I had kind yeah. of, I had kind of lost a little bit. Uh, I'd lost track a little bit of what you'd been up to. But so when I saw your mm-hmm. name, I thought, uh, okay, I gotta, I gotta check this guy out. So, um, pulled the album up and, uh, just gotta say it's, it's, it, you know, quickly sort of became my, uh, you know, this isn't hyperbole. I mean, I would say it quickly became my favorite, uh, favorite record this year. Or so, um, and that prompted me to kind of go to your back catalog. Um, you know, I listened to a bunch of your older stuff, um, uh, you know, by China and, and, and some stuff under your own name and whatnot. So, um, it's just, yeah. I don't know. Um, so I, I had to reach out because, uh, you know, I, that album just sort of moved me and, and I had to see if you would agree to come on here. So <laughs> that's awesome. I was hoping something good would come out of getting mentioned in Jerry's newsletter. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, so I just wanted to touch on some quick biographical stuff because I don't really know a whole lot about yeah. you. Um, so yeah. y- you live in the Bay Area now. Um, I, I think I read that you went to school at Indiana university. Is that right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's where we started. Otawas, uh, my friend Isaac and I, uh, we met at the, uh, student newspaper. Okay, cool. Yeah. In, uh, in Bloomington there. Um, yeah. and, and I also read that you, you lived in Chicago for a spell too. Is it? Yeah. Very briefly. It was, I think under two years, uh, I'm from the Chicago area, but, and so we moved to the city, uh, and then we moved out here in 2008. Okay. So been, okay. Yeah. We've been yeah. here for a while. Yeah. That, that's sort of what I was getting at. I just was wondering what your actual hometown was, but it's sort of Chicago, Chicago area then. Yeah. All right. Sweet. Uh, so you're uh, a Midwesterner, <clears throat> um, uh, and, and I just got to preface by preface this by saying I, a lot of what I want to ask is I've, I've kind of pulled from that, uh, interview you did with, uh, West of Twin Peaks radio with, with MJ. Um, I, oh, yeah. I, I listened, I, I listened to that interview and, um, that was a great, a great talk, but I kind of, a lot of my questions are going to sort of be piggybacked off what she was asking you. So, um, this is kind of where I got some of my info. Cool. From. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Um, so yeah, 
uh, I actually had to do that interview twice because she screwed up the Zoom recording. So I was uh, had a had a lot of practice. <laughs> <laughs> so nice. I'm well prepared. <laughs> okay, awesome. Um, so it, it, during that interview, you know, you mentioned that you didn't really get into music in a serious fashion until you were about 16 uh you know and you said you kind of got into it in a serious way from about the age of 16 to 20 and you said you know you were listening to like you know canonical bands like velvet underground the kinks the doors and i was just curious like if music was kind of yeah. a la- if music was like a later discovery for you i was just wondering what some of your interests were when you were young like as as a kid if if music wasn't a big deal what were you kind of into in your childhood uh, I guess I was just kind of into boy stuff, sports, and uh, never really into the arts. Uh, I like, you know, my parents took me to like some musicals when I was growing up, so I always liked musicals and was just you know listening to top forty bullshit, you know. And uh, at some point, I had a friend who was you know it ended the classic rock canon and and you know, set me down that path. Okay. Okay. You know, so uh, just, I became obsessed with, you know, cataloging things in my brain and listening to everything that I was supposed to know about, you know? Right. Um, yeah, I heard you mention that your parents took you to like lay, lay Miz or something. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was huge. Okay, cool. Yeah, I I had to go back and when you mentioned that, I, I went back and listened to that song you referenced, uh, "Master of the House." Um, my uh, <laughs> my 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 musical knowledge is uh uh pretty you know severely lacking, but um you know, but uh, it's something I should probably get into because I know absolutely nothing about it, but I'm sure there's some some in- interesting ones out there for sure. Uh, yeah, they were they were actually doing a. Lame is run here in San Francisco, and I was like, oh, maybe I should go. With tickets are like three hundred bucks. I was like, yeah, I, I don't want to go that bad. Oh my god! Wow, that's uh, <laughs> yeah. I, get, I guess inflation hit the musical industry too. Then wow. All right, right. <laughs> um. So okay. So then, uh, I, I also heard that I heard you say that uh, you know at, at Indiana University, you saw a show by uh, by Elephant Micah. Um, who, you know, I, I, I dig, I dig a lot too. I mean, I, I, I think I first heard his music probably over a decade ago and I really like what, what he does. Um, and you said it kind of inspired you. Yeah. Um, I was just kind of wondering what the, like, what was the Bloomington music scene like when you were there? Because, you know, I know it from like, you know, like secretly Canadian is, you know, one of my favorite labels and I know Jag, Jaguar is there and, you know, Jason Molina from Jason Molina from 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 Songs Ohio, you know, spent some time there. Like, like what was going on in Bloomington when you were there yeah. in terms of music? Uh, it was pretty. To me, it seemed like everyone was, you know, everything was happening there. You know, there was like great bands like the, the Impossible Shapes were kind of like the biggest band in town. You know, uh, now probably no one even knows who they are. Um Right. But, you know, to me, they seemed huge. And there was, there's a lot of things like that, uh, that stuff that secretly Canadian was, had been putting out, uh, 
bands like the early day miners and uh you know like i said that to me the, the world seemed big but once i left there i realized no one had any idea who these people were but uh <laughs> there you know it was a really good time i you know i'm sure there's a music scene happening there now and i i haven't been back in 20 years but you know i'm sure there's local bands are all the time it's a college town and that kind of kind of how it goes so yeah yeah i uh yeah it seems like a, a, a you know me and my girlfriend have been there a, a couple times just passing through and mm-hmm. I, I think you said that you worked did you work at uh landlocked when you were there the uh, landlocked music no i worked at i worked at two different record stores one was called all yours which closed a long time ago and I worked at another place called TDs, CDs and LPs. Okay. Which is, which is still around, I believe. Uh, kind of a, in a basement of a burrito shop. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I was just wondering if you, cause I, I know of landlocked and I, I remember, um, I think I saw, uh, oh God. I saw Will Johnson, the the songwriter, have he was wearing like a landlocked record store shirt one time, and uh, oh, uh, and and when I passed through Bloomington, I had to go check that place out, and and it w- didn't disappoint. It was a it was a pretty great great music store. So yeah, I know I uh, know the guys that own that place. Uh, I've been there a couple times. It opened about a year after I left town. So oh, I see. Okay, so what what years were you there then? Well, I started school there in 98 and then was there till 2005, I think, or 2006. I okay. can't remember anymore. <laughs> okay, cool. And then Chicago was uh, after school is when you moved there? Yeah. Yeah. Right. I see. Um Yeah, that's 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 great. Yeah, it's it's uh it's nice to be able to 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 have those i mean the us is great for those little college towns with these sort of small scenes and uh introduces you to a lot of music so right. that's that's cool uh yeah so go again uh uh circling back to that interview with mj um you mentioned that uh you're you sort of like uh writing or songwriting uh that mm-hmm. w- with sort of small details uh in in the songs um and i think you said something like you know that small details kind of can transport the listener uh you know to a certain place that the, yeah. the that the writer's trying to take them and um right y- you know that that added up for me because i i just wanted to drop a couple of examples of of your lyrics that kind of did that for me and it didn't surprise me that you uh-huh that you would say that. So, um, you know, on your new uh-huh. record, uh, you know, there's, there's that song, Bobby's army jacket. And, um, yeah. you know, I, I think there's the line of, uh, uh, she wears a leather jacket, um, and a ponytail, um, dirty old leather boots that, that kind of smell. And, you know, that, that, first of all, that's a great, uh, opening line. I mean, that, that really draws you in, but, <laughs> but, um, but, yeah. but, but it also took me back to like, the hallways of my high school because you know i was always sort of attracted to girls that listened to you know like grunge music or were listening to like nirvana or or you know maybe corn or something right back in the day 
And, uh, yeah, that, so, so that was the first <laughs> e- example that I wanted to drop. Just, you know, it, it kind of brought me back to those, those sort of rebel, uh, you know, tough, tough, tough girls. And, and I always had crushes on, on those types of girls. Um, the other, the other song was, um, uh, cheap hotel. And, uh, you know, you got that line in there of, uh, you know, somewhere, uh, near Donner Pass on in, in a, in a cheap hotel. And, uh, yeah. man, that, that line there, um, I don't know the way you, the way you wrote that line and, and sort of coupled the melody with it, 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 um, it really, it, it just gave me this really like euphoric feeling the first time I heard it. It was almost like I drank like a tumbler full of scotch or like took like a handful of Adderall <laughs> or something. Um, you know, the, the, the way that you just, matched that line to that melody it was just it's beautiful and i think it sort of romanticizes that line to me anyways kind of romanticizes loneliness in this really uh visceral way so um all this to say that i I was just wondering like are there any songwriters or authors that that you think do that kind of thing well that that sort of that small detail thing really well like that maybe influenced your style a little bit uh well i guess musically the two people that are probably my biggest influences uh you know neil neil young obviously i like neil young a lot yeah and he does does that a lot like drops in some detail that kind of seems awkward uh but it's ends up being your favorite part of the song uh and jason lytle from granddaddy too is Okay. Yeah. Excellent. (laughs) You know. Yeah. Putting in in these like random details, talking about cell phones or emails and just like, man, that's so cool. So. Yeah. 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 That's a good, uh, that's a good reference. I got to go back and listen to some, some granddaddy. And yeah, I mean, being from, being a Canadian here, um, Neil Young's always, uh, yeah, he's, he's fantastic at it. Um, uh, yeah, I just saw him a couple of weeks ago in in Berkeley. Oh wow! Okay. Still got it. <laughs> yeah, have you seen him a lot or over the years? Uh, I hadn't seen him in uh, teenager. So okay. okay, it was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, what venue did he play? He he played this place called the Greek Theater, uh, which is on the UC Berkeley campus. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I wish California wasn't so damn beautiful because uh, Neil may have, uh, you know, stayed around these parts. But I don't blame him for uh, for going there. I just wish that he would uh, come back here and right. play, play some shows once in a while. Uh, that, that's awesome. Yeah, I did. I did see some press about him playing. Did he have an opener in any, uh, on that show? Yeah, but I I did not see it. It was some guy I hadn't hadn't heard of. So okay, okay. It seems like a a thankless t- task, probably. You know, you're just playing while people are walking in, and yeah, yeah, you no don't... one, no one really wants to see you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't really want to open for Neil Young. That's not, that's yeah. not, unless that, maybe that's it. Yeah, that's it. I'd take the gig, but <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that's cool. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm. I hope I get to see him again one day. I saw him years ago with Wilco at like a hockey arena, but. I was miles back and 
it it wasn't you know it wasn't i mean it was good but it it wasn't and i think he was with crazy he was with crazy horse at that point too so yeah um so like speaking of donner pass and and you know you got that news clip of that reno news station at the beginning of your album um like do, do you have an affinity do you have an affinity for that like that tahoe region like or is there a reason why why that specific geographical place comes up uh well we took a trip to tahoe when i was a kid i can't i was pretty young and i just remember we went to donner pass and my mom was pointing out you could see the markings on the trees where the they had made that the snow was up to which is you know like way above above your head Oh wow! And okay. uh, it's kind of a grisly tale for a young kid, and it's just always stuck with me. I, I, I think it's not the first time I've referenced Donner Pass in a song. So yeah, I, I obviously I think about it a lot. It comes up a lot in my imagination. Yeah, yeah. It's it's funny. <laughs> it's funny you say that because I, I I think it does have something to do with the grisliness of it. Because yeah, like. I can remember my dad, my dad was, you know, kind of into American history and, and I remember him telling me about it and, uh-huh. and it always kind of stuck with me too, that, that whole, that whole incident. So, um, yeah, there, there's a, there's a, yeah, yeah there, there, there's a bit of a, a romanticism about it in a really morbid way, I, I find. So, um, yeah. have you ever been to Lake Tahoe area? No, you know, I, I was in California, um, two years ago, uh, visiting my partner here on this mm-hmm. podcast. And my yeah. girl, my girlfriend and I, we were, we had to make a decision because our trip was running out. We said we, we either got to go to Joshua Tree or we're going to go up to Reno and the Tahoe region. And we chose, yeah. and we chose the desert, but I, I do want to go there. Yeah. It's a pretty weird place. It's really beautiful, but like, yeah, it's, uh, kind of like a, a methy vibe and casinos and you know it's like it's definitely very different from joshua tree yeah yeah um <laughs> the, it, it kind of makes me wish i had a went there instead because i don't know I, I i'm i'm nothing against like new age stuff but like i'm i'm more into um you know like the methy vibe than um you know uh healing cr- crystals <laughs> or something I, I don't i don't know uh that's that yeah. I'm I'm stereotyping of course but uh, but but I do like the underbelly of society. <laughs> I find that a bit more interesting, you know. Um do you know have, have you ever heard of the band Richmond? Oh sorry. Um go ahead. Oh no, no you go ahead. Oh yeah, I was just I was just going to say do you, um have you ever heard of the band Richmond Fontaine? I have not. No. Oh, okay, well well it's fronted by this guy named Willie Vlot Willie Vlotten, and he's a novelist, um, but he's also mm-hmm. a mu- musician. But he was born in Reno, and he writes a lot about. Um, he cites like Raymond Carver as a huge influence, and he writes a lot about like. Oh yeah, he, yeah. He writes a lot about like down and out folks in Reno, and and kind of talks about yeah, like the the roughness of that city. I, I like his writing a lot, but but yeah. Yeah, I have to check it out. That sounds up my alley. Yeah, I'm a huge Raymond Carver fan too. That's nice. He's one of those uh, 
obscure detail guys. Yeah, yeah, I, I I love his I love his writing. I can I can pick up a short story by him anytime and and kind of get lost in it. So, um, yeah. well, well, that kind of takes me to the next thing here, which are some of the themes in your music um, that you talked about. You, you rattled these off pretty quickly in that MJ interview. I think she asked you what the themes were, and you said, like, in rather rapid succession, you said, being lost, <laughs> uh, d- dive bars, um, people living on the fringe, and uh, people unable to say what they're thinking. And, um, I mean, uh. w- when you said that, it just kind of gave me the chills because, like, those themes um, pretty much describe my uh, my entire existence and uh it probably exp- <laughs> it probably explains why i love your your music so much um you know just quickly like you know i've i've always felt sort of lost and i've never really felt i've always felt kind of purp- purposeless but i i kind of like that feeling mm-hmm. I, I like that and yeah. you know dive bars i i love a great dive bar um i don't drink much anymore but um dive bars used to be you know definitely the type of place i would feel comfortable in um right people living on the fringe absolutely relate to that. I mean, I just, I, I've never really liked money. I, I, I mean, I like enough money to get by, but I, I, I find it kind of, I find people, I find people that are struggling way more interesting than people that um have way more than they need. Um, mm-hmm. And the one that really struck me was the, uh, the people unable to say what, um what they're thinking like that, that was like, I just found that to be a really intriguing thing that you said there. And I was like, I just wanted you to expound on a little bit. Like when, when you said that my mind sort of went to like, kind of like the rigid roles that we all sort of have to play in day-to-day life and kind of like being forced to be people that we aren't uh, that that's where my yeah. mind went. But I was just wondering what, right. what you thought, about when you when you said that um i guess you know it, obviously i relate to that feeling a lot you know at any time i go out to a social event you know I, or i went to a show last night spend the entire next day th- thinking about all the idiotic things i said and how i wish i had said nothing at all and uh i guess it's a a trait I admire <laughs> in some weird way. <laughs> People just shutting the fuck up and not saying what's on their mind all the time. Uh, and, you know, not knowing what people's motivations are and, and what their, their, uh, their origin story is or something like that, you know? So I, I find that that type of person more admirable and more interesting than, you know, someone who just gives you too much information right off the bat. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, yeah, that's pretty interesting. Um, and, and yeah, I relate to that big time about, you know, spending the next day, you know, wondering, wondering what I said and, and, you know, wishing I hadn't, I go, I I, I go back and forth on that a lot because, you know, I'm told that it's healthy to express yourself and not bottle things up. But then, you know, when I, when I do express myself, I typically, um, 
annoy the shit out of myself and, and possibly the people <laughs> I'm talking to. Yeah. Yeah. It never feels good. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like, I know that sometimes I feel better when I speak my mind, but typically, like, I guess what it comes down to is like, none of us really know much of what we talk about. And right. so, yeah, I, th I think that's what, what it is for me, just that, you know, anybody with a hard and fast opinion on anything is, is, I don't know, I find it hard to trust people. Um, and, and that's why I like, yeah. and that's why I qualify everything I say with, um, you know, I don't know a goddamn thing. So, you know, don't listen to me type of thing, I guess. Um, right. <laughs> yeah, but 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 no, that um, I, I had never really heard anybody say anything. I, I just thought it was kind of an honest thing to say. Um, so I admire that. Yeah. I, I admire you talking about that as a as a theme in in your music, and um, mm. yeah, it was really cool. Uh, so a, a, another sort of I don't know. Um, taboo topic i guess in some ways maybe uh you have a song maybe not taboo but um just maybe something you <laughs> don't don't care to talk about but you you have a song called uh, uh baba ramdas and i think you also and you also curated a mix for foxy digitalis you put uh, a song by yeah. john hopkins on it with uh like a Ram Dass voiceover um, called sit around the fire. And so I, I was just, yeah, yeah I was just wondering, like, do you um, like, what's your relationship with like, like spirituality? Like, do you, do you have much of one? Do you think about like Eastern religions or, or Buddhism at all? Or. Uh, I think about it a lot. I, don't, I certainly don't practice it in any you know i've i've tried different things meditation yoga i think i just thought i discovered baba ramdas and his books a few years ago and i just kind of thought he was an interesting guy i don't i don't even you know i'm not sure if he's a charlatan or <laughs> a good guy or you know i don't i don't i don't know i i just think he's interesting and says interesting things and uh it's kind of and hearing him talk is it's kind of like a, a asmr type of thing you know like he's got a really like calming voice yeah uh i'm not even not even sure what he's saying half the time <laughs> but <laughs> but uh there's this uh Woody blues song about Timothy Leary that I, I really like. Uh, and I was like, man, so, someone should have a Baba Ram Dass song. I guess that'll have to be me. So <laughs> that, that's why I did that. Though I was like really to it at the time. I was like re reading his books and finding something in it that, you know, didn't necessarily stick or make a profound change in my life. But yeah. Uh, you know, I'm always, always looking for the profound change to happen. You know, it's like, uh, I'm going to quit 
drinking and smoking and start doing yoga, and, uh, you know, uh, of course, it, like never holds. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I think about it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would say I'm in that. Yeah. In that camp as well. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's it's a nice ideal to sort of, you know, look toward. But um, yeah. Yeah. He's an interesting dude. Uh, um, I, I know he used to hold retreats in like Hawaii and, you know, a lot of people, yeah. yeah, people with a lot of money would go and see him. And, um, yeah, I've watched a, a lot of those. I've watched a lot of videos of that. I'm just like, this seems, uh, something's off about this. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you'd think that like, uh, those retreats would, you know, uh, I don't know. You'd think people would need them in other locales, you know, other than Hawaii. Like, I don't know. Like right. Cleveland or something. That's I, don't a, I think a, around that, that time I was looking into and I went to the transcendental meditation website dot org, whatever. And, uh, someone called me on the phone immediately. <laughs> so somehow I, I guess I'm going to put my number in and, you know, like initial sessions are $300. And I was like, what? <laughs> 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 Yeah, yeah. Um, it just kind of turned turned me off, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's like uh, I'd rather pay the three hundred to go see Lay Miz, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. So, uh, I, again, uh, with with the with the MJ interview, um, you talked about like this sort of resurgence in in the Bay Area live music scene kind of after uh, after covid uh, i i think i think you mentioned like mm-hmm. it, you know you know things were kind of coming back online a little bit and i was just wondering like if you could talk about i don't know just some of like the venues or some of the bands that are kind of leading that resurgence uh yeah there's um the label that puts out uh, put out my album, Royal Oak. He's doing a, a bunch of stuff with a bunch of great local people. There's a great new bar about three blocks that way called the Lounge, which is always having cool free shows. Uh, like an ambient music night every other Monday. Uh, and there's all these young bands. Uh, you know, I was at a show last night. Uh, our friends in this band called Ox Meadows, uh, is playing. And there's all these, you know, people, uh, who, you know, it's like, oh, these are my, my peers, my music people. I was like, man, these people are like, uh, 20 years younger than me. <laughs> so <laughs> these are not my peers. Uh, and I started feeling really old. Um, but I think that, uh, you know, a lot of people are like, wondering if there would be no more bands or no more rock music anymore. And, uh, that seems to not be the case. Yeah. yeah. It's like there's a, a million bands and shows that are happening every single night. Sometimes, you know, two or three shows that sound somewhat interesting to go to. Uh, so it's cool. Uh, I mean, I do feel, Old, too 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 old for it a little bit yeah you know 
like I'm the guy staying in his college town <laughs> two, two or three years after he graduated, which I I've done that before too. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that feels a little weird, uh, but you know, I'm not the only one out there. Yeah, with, with that story, so it's okay. Now, now, do you stay like in the East Bay mostly for the for those shows, or do you wander over to San Francisco ever for for music, live music? Uh, yeah, I I guess I would I would prefer to stay in the East Bay, but I do have to go over to San Francisco every once in a while. Yeah, still have some fr- friends over there, and there are shows happening over there all the time too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think those are those are some of the only venues that I'm kind of aware of really. Like I, I don't know that many venues in Oakland or Berkeley. I'm just kind of aware of the bigger ones, like, you know, the Fillmore or uh American music hall or uh, what's that small one cafe de Nord or something. Is it? Yeah. Uh-huh. It, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, just, I just know the famous a, ones. a lot of places. Yeah, yeah, a lot of places closed. Uh, you know, the smaller venues where people would play, and uh, in the last five years, and I was kind of thinking, well, I guess that's it. Uh, yeah. Uh, and now there's all new places and new old places that are reopening. So that's really nice to hear. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's uh. That's that's fantastic, yeah. Because I think uh, I know I let my sort of negative bias run away with me too. I I thought like you know, live music was uh, done for there for a bit, but yeah, I'm I'm I've been to a few shows right. recently, and it's it's good to see it back. Uh, can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, cool. I had to move to the car because my partner's teaching a lesson so sorry to screw up your continuity oh oh oh, no that's no problem man um i think a change of venue kind of adds a little bit of spice to the talk here so um (laughs) (laughs) all right uh what does she teach sir uh piano oh okay okay that's cool yeah my my uh, girlfriend taught guitar to uh to kids for many years she doesn't do it anymore but yeah. yeah yeah that's cool um all right man well i i just got a few more here for you i won't i won't keep you much longer but um uh so people that listen to this show uh are probably going to roll their eyes because i always ask songwriters this question but like i just find it to be kind of an interesting one and as a as somebody that tries to write songs um I, I just kind of I find the response is kind of interesting. So um I was just wondering like I, I hear a lot of songwriters talk about um the moment that they like sort of found their voice as a songwriter. Like some people will say, like, you know, I I wrote a specific I wrote a particular song and, and that's when I kind of found my voice as a songwriter or you know, I've heard people say like it took me like writing about hundred and fifty songs until I found my voice. Um, so I was just kind of wondering, like, what, what does that mean to you? Um, like, what does finding your voice as a songwriter mean? Cause it's kind of ambiguous 
it seems different for everyone and it just doesn't seem like there's any formula for it. Um, yeah, I guess I, I feel, I feel now that I'm, I'm better than I ever was before that I can actually have, have an idea and, and, and actualize it. And that was never really something, you know, I either had to use a collaborator or I didn't really know what I was doing or like the song just kind of came out and wasn't sung very well or played very well. Not, not that I'm created either one now, but I felt like around the time that I worked on that little album that Baba Ram Das was on. Yeah. That I was like, Oh, now I'm actually good at this, which is, you know, of course, when I don't have the platform that I used to have with on Jag Jaguar or the uh, ambition of a young person, you know, kind of been uh, faced so many disappointments and letdowns in music at this point that I don't really get my hopes up about anything, which also makes you not try as hard. Right. Uh, you know, all the, all the promotional things that you would do when you were younger that you would have been willing to do. It's just, I just don't really care anymore. So. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's okay. So I guess it took 15 years (laughs) (laughs) to, to feel like whatever you would call my voice. I feel like I, I have it now. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. I, I sense some continuity between, yeah. Like that album you're talking about. Um, is it called, um, the only dance there is, is that what that's called? Right. Yeah. From 2021 and then, uh, the beasts of history. Um, yeah. Um, I, I feel like they're, um, they play off each other. Well, um, like I feel like that one song, um, is it, uh, Michael's 19th nervous breakdown. I, I think that's my, uh, yeah. my favorite track on that record. I, I love oh, that. Cool. Yeah. 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 I love that line. Uh, you know, the, uh, the internet lies, the government lies, um, can't, can't trust the neighbors anymore. And, uh, yeah. th- th- that's just a universal line that, uh, is, uh, incre- <laughs> in- incredibly relatable. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, again, another one of those lines that just, you know, I'm out taking a walk or something listening and it just sort of jumps out of the speakers and, and sort of makes my day better. So, um, yeah, man. So when you talk about like disappointments or, uh, you know, shit like that as a songwriter, um, you know, I I don't think it's much, it's probably not a whole lot of validation that some, you know, dude in Toronto is listening, (laughs) but, uh, but yeah, I've, I've, I've taken a lot from it. So. Uh, your stuff. So, um, uh, okay. Um, so I've, I've also heard you mention that you, uh, you talked about having like a a kind of a love of film. And Mm -hmm. I think you even said, I think somebody asked you one time in an interview, like what music you were listening to. And you said, well, music wasn't really what was, moving you at the moment you said you know there's a lot of films i've been watching that i've liked you know and then you said like well when i go when i'm driving i just listen to talk radio 
But yeah. I was just I was just interested, like more generally, in what your sort of media entertainment diet is like. Generally speaking, like, do you watch a ton of films? Do you watch a ton of TV, podcasts, reading, music? Like, like, what's your go to, or, or or what's your medium of choice? Well, I have a three year old now, so it's definitely different. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. So, uh... <laughs> Just to, just in terms of having the time to, to, uh, watch films is pretty much gone. So, uh, cause by the time I, you know, get him to, to bed eight thirty or nine or whatever, if I put on a, a movie, I'm just going to fall asleep. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so it's like, why even start? So. Mainly, I I read a lot. I downtime at work. Hopefully, nobody I work with is going to see this, but <laughs> I have a lot of time to read at work. Uh, so, um, yeah, I have a big spreadsheet of books that I keep that I try to try to get through. You know, I like keeping lists. Um, the last I I tried to take my son to see the new Wes Anderson movie at the theater. Oh yeah, and he last. He lasted about 20 minutes and then he wanted to go and play it in the arcade okay. <laughs> right outside the theater. So right. that didn't go well. Uh, so we're not doing great on turning him into a, a film buff. But right. <laughs> yeah, I'm really into the NBA. I listen to a lot of NBA podcasts for like when I want to shut off my brain or if I'm doing the dishes or chores around the house or yard work okay kind of, yeah now are, are you like a are you like a bulls fan or are you like a warriors fan or does it no work? i i i mean i was of course i grew up in the uh 90s in chicago so i was a huge bulls michael jordan fan but yeah i made the switch to the warriors out here for, you know they're they've been really good for a long time, so yeah. it's hard to not get swept up in that. Yeah. Do Do you go to the what What do they call it? The Chase Center? Is that what that's called out there? Yeah, I went for the first time last year. Uh, we used to go a lot when they were in Oakland because it was closer and the tickets were a lot, a lot cheaper. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, that's too bad about Oakland losing all of their franchises you know um uh, yeah i mean it's a sore topic i'm sure but it it just it, <laughs> it, it, it just sucks that you know i mean uh, it's you know like in las vegas of all places like i, I don't want to you know oakland deserves a baseball team way more than vegas already has a, a ton of shit you know yeah i mean i don't really care about baseball or football but it is like kind of depressing there's always Ever since I've been here, it's been this thing where like o- Oakland's on the come, like, uh, you know, downtown's getting gentrified and, uh, it kind of always seems to just go away. <laughs> yeah. And not actually happen. Right. Like Uber built these beautiful giant offices in downtown Oakland and then just never moved in. Oh, God. That's the, yeah. That's like the kind of thing that goes on there. And I, from what I understand, that's you know, been happening the entire history of 
Oakland. So yeah, yeah, not great. Um, yeah. Not great. Um, yeah, I'm I, I'm definitely more of a baseball guy, and I've I've always wanted to go to uh, the 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 ballpark in San Francisco. Um, it's a I've heard good things about that place, but uh, but yeah, I mean I. I, I casually follow all sports, but, uh, yeah. but yeah, more of a, more of a baseball guy. Um, and the, I mean, the Raptors are a pretty big deal here as well. So yeah. yeah. Right. Um, wait a second. Didn't, yeah, it was the Raptors that played the Warriors in 2019, right? For the championship. Right. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And that, yeah. and that, that's when Durant busted his ankle or yeah. whatever and, Toronto kind of won by default. I, I, yeah, I don't. I, I think if Durant had a stayed in that series, it might have been different. But yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, I, I just. Uh, oh, uh, I did want to ask, like, uh, in terms of your reading, like, do you do you read mostly mostly fiction or or nonfiction or? Uh, no, I go back. I just I go back and forth. You know, I try try to mix in a good mix of classics and contemporary fiction and uh and and nonfiction as okay. as 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 i was with uh records and music back in the day where i was very obsessively trying to get into the canon and then also keep up with what's critically approved yeah yeah in, in contemporary things i i'm now now that's like me with books and it was me that way with movies for a while and now i'm on onto books so i don't know what's next fine art maybe (laughs) (laughs) can 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 you name just a couple of contemporary authors that 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 you dig uh i've always been really into like cheap crime fiction there's this guy that he was a bay area writer named patrick hoffman and he's wrote he wrote a bunch of cool bay Bay Area crime novels. Uh, oh, okay, that I got really into. Uh, there's a woman. She's kind of like science fictiony. She wrote uh, Emily St. John. I don't know if you know her. She wrote like yeah, the book Station Eleven that became a, a cool TV show. And, uh, yeah, she's from up here. Yeah. yeah, I. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's yeah. Canadian. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like I like all her books. Like uh. I like that a lot of Station Eleven takes place in these rural Michigan places that you know I took family vacations to and stuff. So, oh, cool. Okay, it's kind of a hook hook for me. Yeah, um, yeah, I've got to read her stuff. I, I I've seen it in bookstores constantly, and she's always interviewed by the press up here. Um, she's you know, oh, yeah. a, a pretty big deal. So I should I should yeah. I should. Uh, read some of her stuff um well that that's pretty cool um i i recently listened to an interview with have you heard of barbara kingsolver yeah uh yeah i just read her her last book a demon copperhead or was that yeah Uh yeah Yeah. that that, that's on my list too is that is that worth a read yeah it was really good uh i'd I'd never read anything by her before i guess she's like i I was watching an episode of The Sopranos the other day, and uh, Carmelo Soprano said, "I just read the new Barbara Kingsley book." <laughs> I was like, "What?" <laughs> uh, 
Awesome. Um, yeah, that's cool. I, 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 that one's definitely on my list. Um, and yeah. Um, um, oh God, what was I going to say? Um, I just bought a bunch of Charles Portis books too. Um, he's like, oh, an, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, he's like an Arkansas writer and yeah. yeah. Have you read much of him? I've read, uh, yeah, I read True Grit and Dog of the South. They're both great. Yeah. And, and totally different too. So, yeah. Uh, that's, that's from what I'm told that, you know, I think he only has like four, five, maybe six books and they're all masterpieces. So. Yeah. 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 He's great. Um, um, I got to read more of, of him. Um, um, yeah, that's cool, man. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit of a, a reader myself. I'm not a voracious reader, but I definitely read myself to sleep every night. I'm reading this really great, yeah. um, music biography kind of thing right now on, uh, the songwriter Connie Converse. Um, oh, yeah. I heard about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, she like was part of the Greenwich Village scene in like the forties right. and fifties. And she, uh-huh. she wrote some great tunes and then, um, she didn't really gain any traction and mm-hmm. she ended up like moving to Ann Arbor, uh, Michigan. And then like in 1974, she just kind of like fell off the face of the earth. Um, mm-hmm. she just drove her car away and n- the mystery is still unsolved. So, um, huh. yeah, it's kind of fascinating. I'm, I'm only about halfway yeah. through, through it, but, uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a great read so far. So. Cool. Yeah, I gotta check that out. That sounds really good. Yeah. Um. Uh. One more here, man. Before I let you go, I, I was just, I, I was just wondering what, uh, like, like you work with a ton of different people. Um. You know, I've, I've mm-hmm. listened to your stuff with Donovan Quinn, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, Andrew Knower, uh, Jeff Moeller, Isaac Edwards. Like, um, I, I was just wondering the i don't know i don't really know how to word this question but like are you just sort of cre- creatively restless like the the fact that you collaborate with so many folks or is it just like you say yes to a lot of people or or <laughs> or or what you know i was just wondering about, about all your collaborators and, and and what brings that on uh i guess as we're talking about disappointments i guess i sort of have this like fantasy of being like Connie Converse and just quitting the rat race and stop doing music because it's so, it's like, you know, it can be painful. Uh, yeah. Uh, to, you know, all of it can be painful. It's just, you know, the lack of recognition or like making it or just being angry with yourself for not make, you know, wasting a day and not, not doing anything. Uh, yeah. you know, and every time I think about that, I think, all of all of my friends are musicians and they won't <laughs> no one will hang out with me anymore if I you know, including my partner, uh if I'm not doing music. And if I'm not do, if I'm not gonna do music, I don't want to hear about anyone else doing it. Right. You know. So uh which is you know, the way of saying that, you know, all you know, almost all my friends are musicians who play music. And so we just end up doing inevitably doing stuff together at some point. Uh, okay. Okay. You know, when you're sitting around drinking in your local dive bar, 
you know, talk about the, the things that you're going to do. And uh, most of the time those don't happen, but sometimes they do. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense. Um, uh, what, what did you, um, on those Donovan Quinn records, uh, so you did Honky Tonk Medusa and, and did you also work on Goodbye Marlene? Is that an album or just a song? Uh, that's, yeah, that was a, a collaborative album that we made. Yeah. So, uh, so, so is that just guitar work that you do on those records or? I did. I would, it's always so confusing because I don't, Donovan's records always take so long to make. I haven't seen him in years now too. He moved to, uh, Humboldt County, I think. I, uh, okay. Far north, north of here. So I played keyboards in his band and sang and, and uh, played on various recordings that seemed to come out randomly. Like yeah. he put out a record, I think last, last year. And it's the credits say that I'm on it. But when I listen to it, I'm like, I don't think I played anything. <laughs> <on this." laughs> and I, I, I texted him and it's like, dude, record sounds great. And he's like, yeah, man, I love your parts. And I was thinking, I don't think I have any parts, but maybe I do. Man, I, I probably just don't remember. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. <laughs> um, yeah. He's, he, he's terrific too. I, 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 another guy that I, yeah. I, I really have trouble finding anything about online, but like, yeah. uh, um, he, he does so very little press or interviews or anything, but like, just another guy that can, in my opinion, anyways, write the hell out of a song like those uh, new Bums records that he did with Ben Chasney are are really yeah. great. Yeah, um, yeah, he's like next level with words. Yeah, he's he's really great. Yeah, uh, I'd love to see him again. Let him know that if you you said you were going to talk to him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he said he said he might uh, tell him yeah. to call me. Okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, he, he said that he might have some time in early August to chat. So I'm, I'm hoping that he, that he does. So, yeah. uh, all right, man. So, uh, so just to finish up here, uh, what I know it's a cliche question, but are, are you, are you still writing, uh, you know, at this moment? Are you, are you working on anything new? Do you, do you have any other, uh, other plans in, for anything in the works? Yeah. Uh, we're, we're working on stuff slowly. I've got a bunch of songs that I've never recorded that I should probably just try, try to get to it. I'm trying to write. It's kind of going slow. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, we're working, I'm working with my old, uh, Odawas guy, Isaac. We're kind of like making instrumental music as Pacific Walker. Yeah. With our friend Rafi. And so we're constantly working on that. And that's that goes really slow because Isaac lives in uh, Nevada City now, which is a couple hours away. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you guys released a album in January, right? Pacific Walk. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Um, okay, cool. Um, and then besides your website, um, is there anywhere else people can check out your work? Are you active on anything uh, online or? I try not, try not to be. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, it seems like, uh, 
you have to be on Instagram. For, that's like the only way people promote anything anymore. So yeah, if you have a show, but you know, you know, it's true what everyone says. It really put, poisons you. It makes you hate yourself and yeah. think that everyone's cooler than you. Yeah, I completely, so. I completely agree. Hundred <laughs> um, percent agree. Um, I, I think um, there was a line the other day too, though. I think it was Chris Schlarb said it um, uh-huh. from from uh, you know him from uh, yeah uh, yeah. Um, he said, uh, you know, the only thing worse than social media is uh, talking about social media, and right. uh, yeah, I, uh, I so yeah, I don't like it either, but I I try not to um talk about it either you know it's it's just like it's what it's, it's it's one of those things that i just want to completely uh leave in the dust so right yeah um all right man well thank you so much for uh for joining me here um all right yeah thank you when lisa got pregnant it nearly blew my mind in her eyes